0: Oh, Welcome to The Truth Simply Put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word, rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in.
1: Absalom, case study. 2 Samuel chapter 15. 2 Samuel 15 and 14. So David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem Arise and let us flee, or we shall not escape from Absalom. Make haste to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon us. And strike the city with the edge of the sword. Absalom was David's son. He wasn't always a bad guy. He didn't start off a bad guy. Absalom's case was a case of somebody who was wronged. And did not let go. And his pain turned into rage. And his rage consumed him and others along with him. David had many women. You know David is both a type of Christ as well as an anti-type of Christ. He had many women. In fact, God even asked him, if you wanted more women, because you know, i have asked me, I would have given you more men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Man after God's heart. 2 Samuel 12 and 8. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. If that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Oh, are you saying? You know I'm saying that God supports no, no I'm not saying. I'm just showing you what the scripture is saying. A lot of women. And um, in that time, not all of them were what God had a problem with. That time. So, Absalom, his mother's name was Ma-Ha. And his mother gave birth to him as well as a sister called Tamar okay you see it in 2nd Corinthians 2nd Samuel um, 14 now go back to go back to 2nd Samuel 3 that's the, about the beginning of where that story starts 2nd Samuel 3 2-5 sons were born to David in Hebron his first was Amnon his mother's name was Ahinoam pay attention to that okay keep going Second, Shillaiah, bought by Abigail, the widow of Nabal, remember her? That came with cakes on the Carmelite. Camel, the, the third, Absalom, the son of Makkah, the daughter of Tamai, king of Geshur. The fourth, Adonijah, or Adonijah, son of Hagith. The fifth, Shephotar, son of Abital, five. And the sixth, Ithream by David's wife, Egla. These were born to David in Hebrew. See Second Samuel 13 and 1. So we have seen Amnon born by Adonijah. We have seen, no, born by Ahinoam. We have seen Absalom born by Makkah. Now, Absalom, the son of David, this is asks Absalom, had a lovely sister whose name was Tamar. Okay? So Absalom and Tamar shared the same mother. So they were full blooded siblings, David's children by Makkah. Absalom and Amnon were half-brothers. David was their father. They had different mothers. Amnon took a liking. Now, the scriptures in the Old Testament says loved, but you know, you can look at it and say he wasn't. But then Moses' father married his sister. Mm-hmm. Abraham made sure that the wife was taking for his son from his family. So, Abraham, So Isaac actually married his cousin. Laban's children are his cousins. Because Laban was his mother's brother. So you can look at it and say, well, was that really love? Knock yourself out. But I wouldn't think it's something strange in that time. Does that make sense? Okay, let's go ahead. (sighs) Father. Amnon became obsessed. So the problem was not that he loved her problem was love quickly turned or was replaced by obsession and obsession impairs judgment. Obsession impairs judgment. When you're obsessed, all you're thinking about is yourself and how you can use that person to objectify your desires even at their own expense. That's why when you can't have what you want, you're happy to kill it. you mess it up. Nobody should have it. You can't have that man. Nobody should have it. You can't have that job. Nobody should have it. You can't eat that soup. Nobody should have it. That's not love. That's obsession. Because obsession is inconsiderate where love is considerate. Obsession impairs judgment. Amnon became so obsessed with Tamar that he became ill. She was a virgin and Amnon thought he could never have her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of, son of Shemar. David's brother, that's his cousin. Jonadab was a very crafty man. And he said to him, why are you, the king's son, becoming thinner day after day? Would you not tell me? And said to him, I love Tamar, my brother, Absalom's sister. So Jonathan said to him, lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father, the king, comes to see you, say to him, please let my sister Tamar come and give me food. And prepare the food in my sight that they may see it and eat it from her hand. Based on Jonadab's counsel, Amnon laid down and pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, David is a type of Christ. In some cases, anti-type. If David as shepherd was a type of Christ, sheep were a type of the church. If David as king was a type of Christ, then Israel as subjects were a type of the church. <laughs> Pay attention to a king who was more driven by his shepherdly feelings than his kingship leadership authority. When the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let my sister Tamar come and make a couple of cakes for me in my side that I may eat from her hand. And David said, Home to Tamar instantly, no discernment. David sent home to Tamar, you know, his fatherly heart. David had always been a carer all his life. Always. David wasn't a terrible man in that sense. He was always a carer, always a selfless person. (sighs) So you see David the shepherd now or if you like, David the pastor of this church called Israel. Sent home to Tamar saying, go to your brother Amnon's house and, and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house and he, and he was lying down. Then she took flour and kneaded it, made cakes in his sight, and baked the cakes. And she took the pan and placed them out before him, but he refused to eat. Amnon said, have everyone go out from me. And they all went out from him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food into the bedroom that I may eat from your hand. Then Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them to Amnon, her brother, in the bedroom. And when she had brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, Come, lie with me, my sister. But she answered him, No, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing should be done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. And I, where could I take my shame? And as for you, you would be like one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore, please speak to the king, for he would not withhold me from you. Can you see that? However, he would not heed her voice. And being stronger than she, he forced her and lay with her. He raped her. Then Amnon, see obsession, hated her exceedingly. Because if he loved her and had managed to sleep with her, he should have fed his love for her. But because he was obsession, after having his way, he hated her. Exceedingly. So that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her, and Amnon said to her, "Arise and be gone." So she said to him, "No, indeed, this evil of sending me away is worse than the other that you did to me." But he would not listen to her. Then he called his servant who attended to him and said, "Here, put this woman out, out, away from me, and bolt the door behind her." Now she had on a robe of many colors for the king's virgin daughters wore such apparel, and his servant put her out and bolted the door behind her then Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her robe of many colors and laid her hands on her head and went away crying bitterly sad story and Absalom her brother said to her has Amnon your brother been with you but now hold your peace my sister he is your brother do not take this thing to heart so Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. But when King, or Pastor David, heard of all these things, he was very angry. That's all that was said of David. David didn't deal decisively with it. David heard that someone had been wronged. And of course, it was a despicable thing. It vexed him, but he didn't deal with it. 22. See what happened to Absalom. Absalom did not speak to his brother at all. Absalom himself did not deal with his anger. He didn't speak either good or bad. But he hated Amnon because Amnon had raped his sister Tamar. Didn't deal with it. Stop there for now. You get the backdrop of the story. So, Absalom is not exactly the victim. His sister is. He adopts the sister's case as his and doesn't deal with it. Doesn't speak to Amnon about it. Brother, I heard this. Why did did this happen? Why would you do that? Like she said, you could have spoken to the king and, you know, whatever. He didn't. He didn't also speak bad. To say, I will deal with you. So that we can know the headspace that Absalom is in. He played the neuter. David didn't deal decisively with the news he got. Absalom did not prevail on him to do so either. Because Absalom could have come to the king and said, Father, this thing is yet unresolved. Tamar is still in my house. She's desolate. I thought Moses said if somebody slept to someone forcefully, you know, depending on the circumstances, we should do this or do the other. How, how come nothing has been done? Absalom said nothing. David must have assumed Absalom was over it. Since Absalom didn't say anything. To either him or to Amnon. David also could have possibly allowed his shepherd instinct to kick in. You know, I mean, the Lord is our shepherd. Everybody will be okay. You know, just the Lord deals with it. The Lord comforts you. The Lord heals you. Which is not out of place. Except in some circumstances. So in his shepherdly heart, protect the sheep at all cost. You know, don't throw Amnon away. Under the bus, but don't lose Absalom either. Manage both Absalom, Amnon, and Tamar. And that's a very difficult place to be because David is the father of them three. Are you here? David is as much Tamar's father as his Amnon's. He's as much Amnon's father. As his Absalom's, and he's a shepherd. His boast is that I never lost a sheep. Do you remember? Lion, bear. Never lost a sheep. So, whatever happens right now, I care for Tamar as much as I care for Absalom as much as I care for Amnon. How the three could be compatible, and for how long that can be compatible. We will see. Are you here? Yes. Absalom's rage quickly turned to a conspiracy. Even against David. See verse 7. Jonadab is talking to him. 2 Samuel 13. That's where we are. And in verse 7. David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. So, Absalom is like, by the time Absalom is angry, he's like, yeah, it's even the king that even sent my sister to Amnon's house. Even the king, I don't vex with her. Because once there is resentment, imaginations run wild. Even if that resentment is from something that truly happened. Because once one thing or one element of a thing is true, Every lie you line up behind it can appear to be true. In fact, we don't need proof. The fact that we can establish that there's an element of truth here is enough to validate every other imagination. See, who even sent her to Amnon's house? David. So, David, who is in on this? Yeah, so, the pastor knew of this. Oh, the pastor sponsored it. He had a hand in it. How did you get to Annon's house? The king sent me there. Why? Eh! So the king now sets you up, my sister, to be raped. Yeah, yeah. And Absalom did not go to the king to say, sir, I heard you. Amnon having Tamar over was on account of your instruction. And David would have had a chance to explain himself and said no but Amnon prevailed on me. He was sick. I went to to see him. And you know the funny thing? Amnon was so obsessed that he literally was sick. He wasn't pretending to be sick. He felt sick. When David saw it. He would have at least been able to explain. No, 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 but no, I, I, I went. I probably had the royal physician with me. He, he was sick. And at the time, I didn't say anything wrong with asking or bludging his sister's request. You know, perhaps I should have been more discerning. But and then, you know, no, 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 I had nothing to do with it. And that would have at least probably tethered Absalom's rage. But no, Absalom quickly turns it. Be a conspiracy because once there is strife, imaginations run wild and everything else is true. Yes, In my study, and I got to realize, you know, Absalom would have sat down and went, Hey, eh, wait, till. is it not this our evil father that the records showed that when kings go to war, is that?" at home drinking juice and now carried Uzziah's wife. Because it was public records. That's how we know it. Do you understand? That's how we know the story because it was public records. The scribes of Israel would have written it down. So Absalom would have gone, hey, well, you know, it, hey, it's true. It's, 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 that's something the way David feed duo. Conspiracy. Because after all, he has stayed, he has carried a man's wife, he has killed the man, he has not married the wife, you know, and so, is it, so sending his daughter now to be raped by her half-brother, is this, is right up his street. It's right up, it sounds like the kind of thing that David can do. And he fuels his rage even further. David is used to these things. A oh, pastor must have done this and that if he did that and that and strife starts to gain ground because unresolved personal hurts lead to resentment, bitterness, conspiracies and then rebellion. Absalom did not address his pain he just stopped talking and his pain turned to hate. I wrote something here listen to me carefully Most times people are silent not because they forgive but because they have been plotting how to retaliate. And sometimes it takes them a long time before they figure out how to. Until then, they play along. If you intend to forgive, Do it immediately. If you let it fester, even when you think you are ready to forgive, you'd have lost the capacity to. I know it's even worse because most times we have the unresolved issues we have, the people in question have no knowledge. Of it, how much more we get the chance to repent? Because if Precious has hurt me, and I am Precious of the same body, and I feel like she knows what she did, the first thing I should do is go to Precious and go to Precious with the intention of mending what has lost. Now, when I skip precious in totality and I turn to anybody else, my intention is clearly to destroy precious for what she did, not to give her a chance at redemption. And anybody that's, that takes sides with me against a precious we have not spoken to is a hit of hell. People are silent not because they forgive, <laughs> but because they are plotting how to retaliate. And sometimes it takes them a long time to figure out how to do it. Until that time, they just play along. Absalom game. And that's canality because we are immediately to address our faults one to another and forgive one another. James 5:16, put it up in the TPT. If this word Robs you wrongly. You are one of them. You, you can't see the word of God so clear now. You are still angry. Honestly, if the word of God does not do for you as a believer, what do you want to do for six and seven books of Moses? What what should we give you? What should we give you? The book of Moroni? What do you give a believer whom the manual of his God is not enough? Which guru would you listen to? Are you a believer? If the word of your God cannot restrain you, Because our God tells us in James 5 and 16, in that book, TPT. Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another. And then pray for one another to be instantly healed. For tremendous power to heal is released through the passionate heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. (laughs) that's what our book says religion will say the good book (laughs) as the good book says instantly confess there is no incubation period for forgiveness did you hear me let's all say it together one to go Grace is order, where there was once chaos. Grace is not chaos, where there was formerly order. You can't tell me that the law had more order than grace. Lord, I were not sure. The, the, the rape. How did the rape happen? Was it in the country? Or in the city because how we respond to rape in the city is different from how we respond to, to rape in the country If I, even the city itself, did, did, did she shout because if you shouted that's how you respond according to the law if you didn't shout or if we didn't hear you shout that's how okay you, you, the rape was in the city how many miles from where the rape happened to where the nearest person could have heard you if you shouted how many decibels can you see the confusion How is that what you want to keep eye for eye you have to i have to <laughs> that means we all have only two times to offend each other look you know, 77 cannot work here how many eyes you don't have 490 eyes you have two yeah you two one more time use it what you have left wisely <laughs> <laughs> so someone came along and said, An eye for an eye leaves the whole town blind. Yeah. So compare that to grace that says, as you have received forgiveness, forgiving each other as God forgave you in Christ. Which one is more odorous? <laughs> Which one is more in a straight line? <laughs> grace is the order. There's no incubation period of forgiveness. Colossians 3.13, quickly. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another. Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must. It's not a suggestion. That's why Paul will hammer in 1 Corinthians 6 that it's an insult on the church of God on the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ for you and you to end up in court. And that's when it's actually a case. Prima Forgiving. Why are there cases somebody did not forgive? And, but you know, yes, oh, we are guilty as charged. Yes, yes. All of us, yeah, we did it. We did it. What is your Christ response? Yes, Let's not even start talking. I did, I did, not indeed. I did this percentage. I didn't did that percentage. All of that is not necessary if you respond according to Christ. Judging if we are forgiving. Is, is this scripture I'm showing you? Yes. What are we judging if we are forgiving? You walk up to somebody, Esther walks up to Bert Delight and said, You know what? I perceive that that came across like that. And Delight will be like, Oh, I. I'm so sorry. I didn't I didn't think. That was the father's thing for my mind. i be like, well, I, I, I figured but I thought I'd let you know. If you're a disciple in what abiding house and you've listened to who told you forgiveness was unconditional, you will know that. You don't even need that conversation to forgive. You don't even need it. You don't need a premise. Your only premise for forgiving your brother is that God in Christ forgave you. Not that your brother repented repentance in the New Testament is not a prerequisite for forgiveness. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come and beat the messenger. Yes, and it's not today I said it for the first time. Yes, Scripture is clear. Because if it is, auntie, you are not forgiven of your sins. You are not. You yes, yes, are still in your sins. Because yes, your repentance, you have never meant it. God, I promise you, I caught a covenant with you. Today is the last day. If I try this again, kill me. I invented that covenant. I did. It's a lie. Repentance is not a prerequisite for forgiveness. It's not. So before this conversation, forgiveness should have preceded it. And the conversation, if anything, should bring clarity and healing not release forgiveness. <laughs> Are you here? James 5 confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Not that you might be forgiven. James five sixteen, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Of the effect perhaps of your trespasses one to another. Not that you may be for You're not confessing for forgiveness. <laughs> you're confessing for healing. And the idea is that when we talk about that thing and cooks and comes and tells me, hop, hop, you, you, just, you said this and you did that and it, 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 it hurt me so bad. Of course, I'm forgiving you, but I thought you should know. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, no, of course, I really forgive you. And I'm like, Father, thank you for cooks. Thank you for healing. Thank you, Lord, that everything I've done to him doesn't affect him after today. Thank you that there is a release in his life, in his body, in his mind. And my wrongdoing and my mistake and my indiscretion affect him no further. Thank you for the love of God that binds us together in Christ. Thank you for love that covers a multitude of sins. Thank you that his heart and mind are healed and he's strengthened in Christ Jesus and is rooted and grounded in love. Thank you for your love shed abroad in our hearts because we are sons of God. In the name of Jesus, amen. And you walk Cokes and you and Cokes cry for joy and gladness and Cokes is healed and you are released. If you can't do that, you're not a believer. That's the Christ we have learned. Many false Christs have gone out into the world. Careful which Christ you are practicing. Careful whose version of Christ, whose distorted view of the Son of God you have been caught up in. A lot of people's Christ is nothing but their wounded emotions. yearning to extract their pound of flesh no matter how long it takes that conversation is for healing not for releasing forgiveness such that even if this conversation took place and I said to cooks what do you mean you're very stupid how can I say I offended you, you what did you do to me can you come because it can go either way you do you know what you did to me. Do you know how angry I've been at you for six years? You can go it that way, my friend. Go, come, on, get out of here. Don't tell me nonsense. What I want you hear, I came for the word. I didn't come for this nonsense. If not for if not for the word and church, what would what would join me and you? Would you be in the same space? Oh, please excuse me. I, feel like when I come up. I say, "Let's pray in the Holy Ghost." You're to but that's what happens. Even when this happens, uncle, your Christ's response is to forgive. There's no justification for canality. Even if hey, First Peter, First Peter four eight. Oh, that's good. First Peter four eight. Please give us TPT or NLT. Above all, constantly echo God's intense love for one another. Look at this. For love will what? Love will be what? NLT. Most important of all. Most important, continue to show deep love for each other, for love. Message. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for. Amplified. Above all, have fervent and unfailing love with one another because love covers a... Multitude of sins, which means it overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best. I repeat, what happened doesn't matter. The ground that he fell on. Cover there is kalupto in the Greek. Kalupto, k l k a l u p t o, And it means to veil, to hide and to conceal. To envelope something until you don't see it anymore. Calupto. Love. Love. Sin. It, comes, it, it, it envelopes it. It swallows it all. The way an anaconda will, yes, will take its prey whole. Veils. That's what love does. But not Absalom. Absalom waited two years. And he waited two years as the king's son. He waited two years as Amnon's brother. He waited two years as an associate pastor in the church. Is Absalom serving Pastor David. I said to you today, this message will either destroy you, it will build you. Yes, Two years in the fourth, he didn't take a back seat. The forefront of ministry service. Yes, Serving, praying, giving, scheming. Second Samuel 13, 23. I'll show you scripture. I don't I didn't in my own words. I'll show you scripture. You see it one after the other in scripture. And it came to pass. Look up. Look, or oh, you look in your Bible. Pastor thinks everything is okay. Amnon thinks everything is okay. Tama thinks everything is okay. Tama, the victim. Church thinks everything is okay. Two years scheming, incubating. Hibernating, cooking, strategizing, planning, checking out the weaknesses and the areas where you will come in from the inside and sabotage it from the inside because if you had left two years ago, you'd have had no access to plan what you were planning. You stayed in the ranks and kept serving, kept singing, kept playing, kept praying, kept playing along and pretending. Maintained your access because you read out of war where they said keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. So you stayed plugged in, biding your time. Put that scripture back up, verse 23, second Samuel 13. After two years, Absalom had his sheep shares in Baal Hazor, which is near Ephraim. So Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to the king and said, "Kindly note, your servant has sheep sharers, Are sharing, you know, taking up the wool from the sheep. Please let the king and his servants go with your servant." But the king said to Absalom, "No, my son." And and Absalom knew that David would not come to where he's removing wool from sheep. The king would not come. He knew. He knew. This trick did not start today. So, but he had to ask an impossible thing so the king can now in order to pacify him give him the the alternate which is actually what he's after no my son let us not all go now lest we be a burden to you then he urged him but he will not go and he blessed him and Absalom said if not please let my brother Amnon go with us and the king said to him why should he go with you Absalom urged him So the king budged Shepherd David, Pastor David and he urged him so he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him and David did not know. He thought bygone was bygone. So he let his guard down and the same gullibility with which he sent Tamar to Amnon in his church mind is the same gullibility with which he sends Amnon to Absalom just church mind and he releases his son to another son go and do business together go and walk together go and help your brother One support his dream. One help his business. Are you listening to me? Now support what they are doing. Uh, This is my church mind. You might learn a thing or two from how sheep is shared. You might lend your own skill to your brother. After all, both of you are brethren. You are family. My family that I produced. Pastor David's church mind. He sends these brethren. To go and transact with the other brethren. I wrote here. Unforgiving people are unpredictable. They are walking in the flesh. They are not discerning the Lord's body see verse 28 Absalom plans kills Amnon 28 Absalom had commanded his servant saying watch now when Amnon's heart is merry with wine when you are at your lowest ebb when your guard has been let down when you are at your most vulnerable when you are at your lowest when you are hurting when you are you're trying to make sense of life when, when you're not really sure what's going on, when you are at your most compromised state. That's when Absalom strikes. That he that thinks he stands. Watch now when I'm not satisfied with mine. And when I say to you, strike Amnon, then kill him. Do not be afraid, have an eye become a force unto himself become an authority to himself he feels perceived sense of influence his perceived sense of self-importance perceived sense of inflated value have I not commanded you men that you have only because your father is king not because you taught them to fight not because you disciple them not because you raised them not because you taught them anything not because you added any value to their lives, but because your father is king. A privilege you don't even understand. And you stand over somebody your father appointed to you and say, Have I not commanded you? Kill him! My word. Be courageous. Speak up. Be valiant. Attack it. it. It is wrong. And not true. I'm not It's wrong. Destroy it. I'm behind you. Come out. I will support you. I'm backing you up. Kill him. I command you. 29. So the servants of Absalom... Did to Amnon as Absalom had commanded. And all the king's son arose, and each one got on his mule and fled. And he sparked all kinds of rumors. See verse 30. When it came to pass, it came to pass while they were on the way, the news came to David. Hear the news that came to David. Absalom has killed. Leave it. Because once Absalom strikes it opens the door to all kinds of rumors and confusion and nobody knows what is true nobody knows what is false and that is what Absalom wants sabotage from inside he killed one son one 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 for one reason over one person what news got to the church everybody's dead There's confusion everywhere. There's chaos. There's rumors. Many people believed the reports and were heartbroken. Even David. Verse 31. Verse 31. So the king arose and tore his garments and lay on the ground. And all his servants stood by with their clothes torn. They believed what they heard. And it was not true. But Absalom's attack had opened floodgates of rumor And cantankerous stories. The true and the false mixed up together. No one can decipher the difference. Between them. Because there was a wrong. And someone is dead. And what happens? There's chaos everywhere. Who did it? Absalom. And Absalom walks away. Fled. To retain his perceived freedom. It's perceived deliverance. Now the evil here now is not what Amnon did with Tamar. The evil now is Absalom. Because even what Amnon did with Tamar is not outside the rev- the purview of forgiveness and kaluptu. One of the ways the devil thwarts it in your mind is to make you forget when we did this to you. Sitting down here only because of Kalubtu. As soon as he caused confusion, Absalom gets up and leaves. Conveniently, 34. The young man who was keeping watch lifted eyes and looked at there. Look at this carefully. And there. Look at this carefully. Many people were coming from the road on the hillside behind him, following him. Then the watchman on Jerusalem wall saw a great crowd coming down the hill. On the road from the west, he ran to tell the king, I see a crowd of people coming from the Honorab road along the side of the hill. 35. 35. Keep going ready to go to always 37. Look, Jonathan told the king. There they are now, the king's sons are coming, just as I said. 36. They soon arrived, weeping and sobbing, and the king and all his servants wept bitterly with them. And David mourned many days for his son Amnon. David. Absalom fled to his grandfather, Talmai. 38. He stayed there for three years. So now this maternal is five years old. And Absalom is not done. I wrote here, strife acted upon. When you act on strife, it only brings pain and confusion. It never brings righteousness, forgiveness, and healing. Never. James For the wrath of man never ever works the righteousness of God. Never! Never! You can't twist it. You can't find a way to justify man's wrath. You can't. Put it up. Put, let's see TPT or, or NLT or whatever. Human anger doesn't produce the righteousness God desires. Mm-hmm. For human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. Whether that purpose is healing, repentance, contrition or whatever it is. It doesn't use human anger and wrath. For the resentful, deep-seated anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, that standard of behavior which He requires from. That is foolishness parading as wisdom. James 3:15 to 16. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, you cannot say you're walking in wisdom and you're walking in envy and self-seeking. For where that exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. And that's what brings sickness in the body. First Corinthians 11. For this reason, many of you are sick and many sleep You following and then I noticed something ironically the workers of this canality don't feel the pain Absalom continues like he didn't do anything people are crying with David the church is in mourning the pastor's heart is shattered the king is shattered he's lost his son Absalom doesn't give a toss because he's self conceited caught up in his own selfish desire doesn't care what happens to anybody else Is dead, his plans are thwarted and distorted. Absalom is not done because there is a conspiracy in his mind that has added his pastor to the mix. Because we have not understood that Absalom did not forget that he thinks David and the inside. It was David that sent Tamar. David was a part of this. Therefore, David and his church. And everybody who decides to still stick with me. That's why, as pastors and leaders, we cannot be sentimental with strife. It's strife. I've told it before many times. Many times, many times. I'm not, I don't, I'm not bothered about masturbation and but what the world is working in you, he's working. But if you want to enter rebellion, we will deal decisively with you. Decisively. Decisively. Especially after the example I have shown you. After the example I have shown you. You have no reason to walk in rebellion. Or insubordination. You have no reason for somebody to tell you, sit here. And you can't sit. You are disturbed mentally. Absalom is forming in you, not Christ. And when he manifests, the whole church will see it. No, there's some there's some things we have done as shepherds. There's some things we have done as shepherd David that we now brought into King David that can cost us the kingdom in our care. So now we are learning the priestly and royal combination. We are taking the fullness of our apostolic office. I'm not afraid of it anymore. There's nonsense that we did because we brought Shepherd David into King David's business. So when David should have sat and exercised his authority and said, I shut this thing down, he let the shepherd play. He was a good shepherd at a bad time. So we'll bend over backwards, we'll pour ourselves over for you, love you. Pour ourselves behind your dream and your welfare. Support you to the ends of the earth. Get up and disrespect the church of Jesus Christ that has done for you what nobody else in your life has done for you. You can't obey a simple instruction in the place you say is the fountain of your growth. Absalom is growing. And there's always people that will follow verse 39 yeah, 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 yeah. King David now reconciled to Amnon's death look at see, see, shepherd David longed to be reunited with his son Absalom see the repentance of an envious learned. the repentance of an envious vindictive person must first be thoroughly proven before reinstatement can occur because you see, Absalom can say whatever the church wants to hear to make the church feel all is well while they continue to plot and we must be strong in church discipline Proverbs 22.10, look at this Proverbs 22.10 throw out the mocker and fighting goes too. Correls and insults to say goodbye to a troublemaker and you say goodbye to quarrels, strife, tension and arguments for a tra- troublemaker traffics in shame oh give us the message then kick out the troublemakers and things will quiet down you need a break from bickering and griping Can you expect to be disturbing the church and stay inside? 2 Corinthians 13, 10. Does anybody get an instruction today? 2 yeah. Corinthians 13 10. Therefore, I write these things being absentless. Give us the NLT, please, a translation quick. I'm writing this to you so before I come, hoping that I won't need to deal severely with you when I do come. I want to use the authority the Lord has given me. To strengthen you and not to tear you down. Paul is saying, By that authority, I can tell you down. Hey, apost- you don't mess with apostolic authority. Yeah. If I have time, I'll show you where in Revelation 21, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus first of all, tells the 12, He said, You see, you will sit on 12 thrones in the New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem comes. The foundation of each of the pillars of the new Jerusalem carries the name of each apostle. Ephesians two twenty, I think it is where he says that the church built Ephesians two twenty put built on the foundation of the apostles. Yeah. Together we are his house built on the foundation of who? And the prophets. The cornerstone being Christ himself. So, the church, in actual fact, standing as it is today, is on the foundation. Yes. The apostles and their doctrine. Yes. And he himself sat in the church. Yes. Apostles. I don't want to use my authority to destroy you, I want to use it to help you. 2 Thessalonians 3:14. Take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter, stay away from them. David's indecision and sentimentality were partly to blame for the damage Absalom caused to the church. David's indecision, indecisiveness. David's sentimentality. David's overt shepherd nature. Give them time, give them a chance. Love them through it. Help them. Who else do they have? Absalom will claim to love you until he no longer needs you. Absalom will claim to love you until he sees a clear path to his ambition. Once the throne is in view and 18 people are supporting him, 18 people are sending him money, 18 people are sponsoring him, they're saying we are behind you. We always felt this thing but uh, we needed somebody to spearhead it once Absalom sees a clear path his true self manifests and it doesn't matter who goes down Absalom just thinks he can never be me until his hair is hanging from the tree Paul writes to the Corinthian church, you see some things that will shock you today in the gospel. Second Corinthians two and nine. You must learn how to apply the gospel to handle these things. I wrote to you, Paul said to the church, I wrote to you as I did. To do what? To see. You see, I wrote previously in order to see if your heart will pass the test and if you were willing to follow my counsel in the message. The focus of my letter wasn't on punishing the offender, but on getting you to take responsibility for the health of the church. Amplified. For this was my purpose in writing to see if you will stand the test, whether you are obedient and committed to following my instruction in all. They were dealing with an issue of somebody who is so so dirty in his ways, and I've I've addressed it. But the reason why I actually wrote it is not for the issue. To see if you do what I said. So your following, your following must be tested, it must be proven. Your following must be tested, your following must be proven. I've been shouting here for years that the sum total of any relationship. Is what is left after it has been tested. The net value of a relationship. Not gross. Net. You buy beans, two models until you take out the stones. And then you weigh it again. (laughs) You buy flour and then you sieve it. See how much chaff is there. Absalom must die. To the Absaloms in the church, I write The king is not in his place because of your estimation of how he handles issues. You didn't appoint him. So you should not desire to upstage him because of your displeasure. The pastor is not there because you like how he deals with matters. So the moment you don't like how he deals with matters, you now want to remove the pastor and destroy the house because you are, you are that powerful. Absolutely. Pastor did not handle this thing well. Will eat you up, and everybody that's listening to you say it. You're very stupid. Very stupid. See a case study of how somebody who was wronged, who knew faith, handled issues. Genesis 13, verse 1. Abraham left Egypt, traveled north into the Negev, along with his wife and Lot and all he owned. Quickly, keep going. Abram was very rich in livestock, silver and gold. From the Negev, they continued traveling by stages towards Bethel. And they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had come before. This was the same place where Abram had built the altar and there he worshipped the Lord again. Lot, who was traveling with him, Abram, had also become wealthy by association. Abram was rich. Lot became rich, following Abram, had also become wealthy and had sheep and goats, herds of cattle, and many tents. But the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. So disputes broke out between not the two men, but between their herdsmen. At that time, Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land. Verse eight. Finally, Abram said to Let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen, after all, we are family. The message. was eight. the message. Abraham said to God, let's not have fighting between us, between your shepherds and my shepherds, after all. Hey, family doesn't fight. If there was a scenario for family to fight, James will be asking in chapter 4, wait, why why, why, why is there war and fight among you? James 4, 1. If there's, an, if there's an allowance for us to fight James 4-1, why? What's causing quarrels of fights? So Abraham says to Lot, we're family. We should be fighting. Genesis 38, go to the 9. Genesis 39. Look around. Isn't there plenty of land out there? Let's separate. Let's have to pay back if you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. Not looked. He saw the whole plain of Jordan spread out, well watered. This was before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like God's garden. Like Egypt, stretching all the way to Zohar. Not took the whole plain of the Jordan. Set out to the east. That's how they came to Park company, Uncle. Don't you That's a good example foreshadowed in the Old Testament of how to handle strife. Why should we fight? It's not working, that's fine. We have beat this horse as far as it can go. We have traveled this path as far as it can go. We have done all that needs can, can be done. And yeah. It's great stuff. Our family. I don't believe that husband and wife separator should leave church because their marriage failed. As, a, as an insult on their salvation and the church. You and your boss fell out. You can't stay in church anymore. Well, you change church because you're you had a problem at work. Both of you should go. Yeah, because you're working strife. So if we're gonna practice the word, let's practice it. No, please don't 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 be saying this is this is what you are living by. I live above the systems of their world. Constantly rely on Your word, no matter what day people say. No matter what comes my way, it's You. You are living for You. For in a world of so many voices, but I will trust in Your precious word. I believe in Your name. In a world where everyone's talking, but I will trust in Your precious word. I believe in Your name. Nothing else matters. Nothing else makes sense. It doesn't matter what the world says. And then it's tested. And like a chicken, you jump. You get angry when we say that they left us. It's scripture! Pastor, they handle this thing. Where it will eat you up. Ah, Maybe me, I'm looking at Buffy for you, because you see it is evil for you to want to take over what you did not build that's Absalom you want it That's why most times people that demolish are different from the people that build. You bring the demolishers to demolish. Then you clear out and bring the builders. Because yeah, demolishing is easy. This whole building in an hour can be down. So, in an hour. In an hour, I can be down. There's a battery ram that will just cross there and in seconds just go right across. Destroyers don't build, builders don't destroy. Anyone that's hanging around you. Those of you that are thinking, ah, ah, me self, I'm not an absolute. Be careful. The moment you sit around somebody saying, hey, me you, you really handled it. Pastor, me, if I was the one that heard this thing, you know, the way that. I, you have already been effectively compromised. Effective. Hey, come back and kiss my hand, kiss my ring, hug me, you know, butter me. Give me gifts and bribes. You have been compromised. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You are aiding and abetting rebellion. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's not something you mess with. It's not something you mess with. I, say, I don't know. Man, I'm neutral. You're stupid. David was sentimental when he should have been firm. Barnabas did the same thing. Acts 15. 37-39. to 39. Paul understood by the spirit that there's something about John Mark that means he was not ready for that journey. Barnabas insisted, if I must go with you, Mark must come with us. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly. Why? John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia. So it wasn't a baseless reason so, as far as Paul was concerned, this John Mark, I, I, I love you. Was, sir, you must prove your loyalty before I put you on the road again. Yes, and it wasn't unforgiveness, no, it was discipleship training. Because yes, yes, when Paul was satisfied in Mark's contrition, he tells Timothy, Bring John Mark with you for me. He's profitable to me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But in this instant, with what was at stake? Joma cannot do it if he ran away from Pamphylia. Where we're about to go now, it's probably more there's probably more at stake than Pamphylia that he ran away from. Barnabas insisted, and like you know, that's the last we have Barnabas's ministry. This journey. The next, the only time other time Barnabas's thing is called is when it's even Paul and speaking, he says, it's only me and Barnabas that can stay without taking a wife. That's the only other reference you have. You hear to Enter, exit, Barnabas, enter, Silas. Church leadership is decisive. So now, see the issue here. Now, David brings back Absalom without testing his repentance. Second Samuel 9, 14. Joab realized how much the king longed to see Absalom, so he sent for a woman from Tekoa blah 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 and he keeps going and then they they do another scheme. Mm -hmm. A whole other scheme and by the end of the scheme, Absalom is back in church. 21 and the king sent for Job and told him all right all right go and bring back the young man Absalom. Job fell to the ground respect and said, at last I know that I have gained your approval, my Lord the King, for you have granted me this request. Keep going. Job went to Geshur and brought Absalom back to Jerusalem. But the king gave this order. Absalom may go to his own house, but he must never come into my presence. So Absalom did not see the king and this lasted another two years. Verse 28. Absalom lived in Jerusalem for two more years. But he never got to see the king seven years. 29. Absalom sent for Joab to ask him to intercede for him but Joab refused to come. Absalom sent for him a second time but again Joab refused to come. So Absalom said to his servants go and set fire to Joab's body field. This is the Joab that, that he advocated for him to be returned. That's Absalom. Absalom is quick to forget anything you ever did for him. Doesn't matter what good you ever did. The moment you are not favoring Absalom anymore, Absalom will turn against you. The moment you are no longer serving Absalom's interest, you're Absalom's enemy. No permanent friends. Commitment is only skin deep. What it does for you, when it does it for you, how it does it for you. And the moment you're no longer serving Absalom's cause, Absalom starts to drag you, bite you, and set fire to everything that is yours. How dare you not be there for me when I want you to be there for me? How dare you not jump and call me, sir, ma, when I send for you? Why was Absalom like this? Verse 25 will tell you. Absalom was beautiful, gorgeous, the desire of everybody. Absalom will look at you and say, is it my fault that I am beautiful? Do I have to suffer for my beauty? It's in your Bible, it's in your Bible, Bible? it's in your Bible. So because of that, Absalom felt he could have whatever he wanted. The best thing around here for miles. You're skipping me over. Who are you? Who's Job wanting to go and attend to If Job's not attending to me. How dare Job overlook me? And at that point, it doesn't matter. This is the job that nails before the king. And say, with deep respect, and say, thank you. For granting me this secret of letting me bring back a renegade to you. If not for Joab, Absalom will not even have that access. But Absalom is now back in his house as a prince. And because he called Joab twice, Joab did not answer him. How dare Joab! Do you know who I am to you? But it's Joab that should say, Do you know what I've done for you? Do you know what I bent over backwards to help you come into? Instead, it's Absalom that gets offended. That Joab that helped advocate, didn't come. So he calls his minions and set his barley field on fire. And in doing so, he manipulates Joab because he forces Joab to come out. And then, for fear of retribution or whatever, Joab agrees, okay, let me go and speak to the king again. Because now that you have burnt my field, only God knows what else you will use against me. Because Abelai say, I have played into your hands once or twice. So Joab went to the king, verse 33, and told him, And the king had called for Absalom. Absalom bowed before the king. And the king kissed him. But this is not what Paul teaches. Paul teaches that people who have been found to be contrary to scripture. Should be put away so that they may be shamed. The word shamed is the word entrepo. In the Greek, not episkosunomai. It's not in this context. Shamed here is entrepo, which means to turn about or to bring about reverence. So shame, not in, as a disgrace, but as enforcing you to get to the point where you turn about. Is, it, it says a wholesome shame which leads a man to consider his condition. So shame such that if you are made inactive, you should sit down and be sober and think about it. and say, Lord, I'm sure there's a purpose for this thing going on now. If you help me to see it according to your word and line up, I can complete the process and be restored. That's shame, triple in this context. Now your ego ought to have been long dead for you to have entrepol. If you don't have entrepoo, you will stay there for a very long time. If you will not be entrepoo, if you will not be shamed, if you will not get to the point where you have absolute contrition, as part of your process of brokenness, we can't help you. And you can be there seven years and play the piper to the tune, and you have not changed. You can present yourself to the king, and you are kissed. And you say, "Papa, papi, daddy pops, dada." Why stop? Yes. Somebody who doesn't apologize is not as dangerous as somebody who apologizes and says it's not what they want, it's not an apology. shame uh, 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 not to say sorry. So you are removed so that you can be shamed. Shamed is the working of God by his spirit in your inside. To confront you of your condition so you can realign. Only on that strength are you restored. Any believer, therefore, justifying the harm they caused in the body is a time bomb wherever they go. Any believer justifying the harm they caused in the body of Christ is a time bomb wherever they go. Mark them. Mark them. Any believer that justifies harming the body will do it again. Mark them, Romans 16. Avoid them. Is the they end up in that I feel sorry for. Is the people they marry? That I feel sorry for. Is the people they employ again and again and again and again and again that I feel sorry for? Because Absalom serves Absalom. They may use the king's servants. They may use Joab. They may use Ahitophel. They might use. It doesn't matter who Absalom serves. Absalom. The absolute nature is that of a believer in church who will not let it go until they extract their pound of flesh. Until they feed their bruised ego. They don't want to be seen as having lost. They don't want to be seen as having lost. It's a competition. It's a show of pride and ego. It's me admitting that I failed because I fled. Because remember, I fled. Because confusion, be proven correct at all cost. And Because of this, because they want to not go down without a fight, Absalom starts to scheme again. By chapter 15 now, from verse one, Absalom is not done. After this, Absalom bought a chariot and horses. He had this carefully and hired 50 bodyguards to run ahead of him. He got up early every morning and went out to the gate of the city. When people brought a case to the pastor, Absalom will ask where in Israel they were from. And they would tell him their tribe. Absalom will say, you have a really strong case here. It's too bad the king doesn't have anyone to hear it. Pastor doesn't have time to do it. Pastor, if you take the path or not, path, this is not going to work. It's so sad that no, they don't have anybody that can handle this or matter in that church. And this is the associate pastor or the pastor in the church speaking. Oh, if only you would, go to the next verse. Let me go ahead of myself. Go to the next verse. If only you will open up to me. I wish I were the judge. You know, you know, you know, you can you can talk to me. You know, I got, I got, I got, I got you. You can tell me all of it. Lay it on me. They might not understand you, but I can understand you. They might not relate with you but I can relate with you they, they might not be able to minister to you but I can minister to you that's what God placed me in your life for that's how Absalom speaks whispers and they don't speak until they sense by a familiar spirit that something's worrying you. They look at you, you have not paid your school fees, they look at you. Uh, it looks like what they promised you they've not given you they look at you and they conclude you're out of favor with church they look at you and they think you have not soloed a song in a while they look at you they've not even given you a song to sing they look at you it doesn't look like pastor even has time for you anymore they look at you pop doesn't even mention you like he used to mention you anymore he looks at you are you still his beloved are you still my darling are you still the one that he used to you know you don't it doesn't look like things are going well for you like they used to go You, oh, oh I wish I was the one handling your case I will fall over myself to show you how much I got you how much I care about you it's just a shame I am not the one in charge of you I wish I were the judge then everyone could bring their cases to me for judgment and I will give them justice does that what sound familiar? You have inflated yourself to be over everybody. Are you wise, pass? Are you sorry? Fine, pass? Are you hot, pass? Are you pink, pass? Oh, oh, oh. If I, was, if I was the one handling this thing, no, don't let it go. Don't let it go. This is major. It's major don't let them brush it away it's major ah if it was somewhere else do you know what, what, what would have happened right now don't let it go don't. if you need support i will support you it's not something that the king can handle let's deal with it absalom said to the king please let me go to hebron and pay the vow which i made to the lord It's after many years of doing pastor's ministry while denying that i don't want to be pastor But you wake up every morning, that's the only thing you want to do. You take your seat and start to look for who to lead, who to pastor, who to control, who to advise. Who to collect their counsel, who to trust you for counsel and advice. And you're already running your ministry inside the ministry. You can't quote the king. Instead, you contradict the king using the name of the king. Because after all, the king is complicit. The king is not innocent. Pastor did something. and pastor will pay. Pastor must pay. Absaloms. They love preeminence. Philo, you know Philo for first, Philo profetio. They strive to be first and try to like they like preeminence as Absalom. You must notice I'm here, while I'm telling you, don't notice I'm here. I don't like attention. Yeah. Third John nine and ten. Third John nine and ten. I don't like attention, but they strive for preeminence. They want in front. You can't tell me what to do. I do the telling here. You can't instruct me. I do the instructing here. Look at this. Third John nine and ten. I wrote to the church. John says, but the three trifles. Who loves to have preeminence among them? Does not receive us. 10. If I come, I will call to mind his deeds which he does, prating against us with malicious words. And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren, and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Go back and play it from verse nine and the TPT. I've already tuned to you once about this, but dear Trophers, who loves to be in charge and recognized as first among you, does not acknowledge our authority. Verse 10. So if I come, I will address what he's doing, spreading his malicious slander against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome our brothers and he stands in the way of those who want to receive them and show them hospitality by throwing them out of the church. Why are you the only one? Each time they say give, you're giving. Every, every time, every time, you're the one that's giving. You're making it look like we don't used to give. We don't used to, use to pray. Must you come when the doors are open? You ask them, you must you come at all? Ah, so it's everything Paul says you say, you must you even say. Don't even go to somewhere else and, where you cannot say. Absalom's are entitled. That's why he will go and burn down Joab's farm. I can't have it. If I can't have you, nobody will have your attention. So, so now you're you're you're, you're telling me you're in the farm harvesting barley when I want you. You and the barley will go born on. Her. That's entitlement. If I can't have you, nobody else should. If I can't have your attention. Nobody else should. If I can't have you, nobody else should. If I can't have that, nobody else should. Absalom and the face. And you know somehow in the midst of his scheming, Absalom becomes very popular. Because he has stolen the hearts of people. I wrote here, when you set yourself up to be seen as equal with or preferred above spiritual authority, you have set yourself up to cause division, sway the hearts of believers and end up in self-destruction. When you equal yourself with spiritual authority, this is how grace has deceived you. To think that because all sons are equal in the eyes of the Father, God was stupid to set some over others. Because that's what we do. That's what rebellion in the church does. It insults the sovereignty of God to place men over men. And please, God placed men over men. Deal with it. Or use the door. There are men over men. Men over men, God placed men over men. The people that have rule over you in the Lord. So, when you set yourself up as equal with the, or preferred above spiritual authority, you have set yourself up for to, to cause division, sway the hearts of people, and self destruct as Absalom soon. You will produce brethren who can no longer respect the church. You will produce brethren who can no longer respect church leadership. And you will produce brethren who can no longer respect the Word of God. While selling to them an illusion that what you are helping them do is the Word of God. Your quick fellowship will raise people that defy the church, defy church leadership. And defy the word you sell them your version of your opinion your heresies and your schisma let me start today scripture showed us you didn't pay attention you know why those people now get to the point where they can't say oh my pastor said you become embarrassed to say my pastor said, He said, God is teaching us all. Why didn't He come now and be teaching you now? God is your teacher. Let Him come and teach you in church. Mm-hmm. I said so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All through the New Testament, why don't we see churches gathered and it's God that is teaching them? Because all they need to do is just gather. Is that not so? Just gather. God is present with them. And then God will now speak it out vo- audibly. My children, my children. Or like a listening party. You know, listening party? When you go for a listening party, everybody wears headphones. There's no sound in the church, there's no sound in the hall. Everybody wears headphones. When the song is played, you just see people just doing. So, we might as well come to church and it's a listening party. I think God is speaking. We'll just be there quiet. Everybody listen. And then as we are quiet like that, somebody will just jump. Yes, Lord! Yeah. I heard him, I heard him, I heard him. Yeah. Because everybody is hearing God, in India. Why then do we gather? If it's purely a heart impression thing why gather because the human body is the agency of God's function in the earth the human body is the agency of God's function in the earth God must use a body If he will pastor you, he will use a man to pastor you. The man is your pastor that God is using. If you be taught the word of God, he will use a He's the one that set teachers in the church. For the building up of the body, God, who he created and can build, set men as grace gifts to build. So you defying that is you telling God he doesn't know what he was doing. And between God and you, sir, ma, you are the liar. So you can't say, "Oh, my pastor said, my pastor taught us. You enter the realm of hypocrisy and deceit. And you now say it's a righteous cause. I'm fighting for the liberty of the saints. I'm fighting for the emancipation of people from, from people that hold them bound then you now hear them saying things like, oh no, I want to retreat from the church. I want to take a break. I've told you before, you take a break from church. Break. Your waist is paining you. You want to remove the waist from the body and drop it. Your leg is paining, you, you want to remove the leg. All your body want to walk away and leave the leg. You are going through. attached. I, I told some of you here. It's a very foolish thing you are going through something. I say. So I took a break from church. You think it's, it's rotary club? Yeah. Pause your of your, mem- your, your subscription. So I want to take a break. Let me pause my subscription. Let me just let me go and heal. Let me go and mend. Absalom is waiting for you because that vacuum will be filled. You heard him say I was led. Walking rebellion. Say, so I was there. Who led you? I was led. The spirit of God said to me to defy church leadership and defy your pastor. That spirit should have told you sins to leave and go and start your own church. So you are saying it's righteous. Retreat. I was led, but all along you are serving yourself. Second Samuel 15. We're in seven now, seven to ten. Absalom said to the king, please, go on. Let me go to Hebron and pay the vow which I made to the Lord. Verse 8. For your servant took a vow. Well, dwelt at Geshur in Syria, saying, If the Lord indeed brings me back to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. The king said to him, go in peace. So he arose and he went to Hebron, verse 10. Then Absalom watched the sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigns in Hebrew. As soon as I give the signal, or you follow me, you shall say, Absalom reigns in Hebrew. So what's happening now? You have your own church inside the local church. You have your own church inside the local church, or outside it. Yeah. Here, their mantra It's not about any man; it's you and God. Your salvation is personal. That is the sound of deception and manipulation. That's Absalom buttering you up to harvest. It's not about any man, but when God was helping you with men, He was using. It's you and God. Where was He when you were in hospital? You and God. Where was He when you were in trouble? God was in men helping you. Amen. It's you and God. Where was He when your school fees could not be paid? Where was He when you didn't have a job and needed a craft? It's you and God. It was He when you were shattered, battered, tattered. Nobody to stand for you, nobody to speak for you. When he was He? When you? Where was He when you were broken and messed up? And we came and covered you, strengthened you. That was the God that you can now be you and God. Yes, yes. You are stupid if Absalom gets to you. You will hang with Absalom. If there's one thing God is jealous for now, is his church. It's you and God. It's the silliest thing I've heard in the church. But when you're in trouble, you will look for a man. you pray to God you look for a man because God answers in men yes man is God's currency for dispensing the kingdom Mm, mm, mm. God spends men you and God no need for a man no need for the church that's satan speaking because yes, when somebody is telling you that people that are preaching on facebook telling you don't follow any man and they have 300 people saying we are with you you never do Sir, for teaching us such an el- for what? I, I, but he just told you that God is your teacher. He told you you don't need a man to teach you. And then you reply there and say, Thank you for enlightening us and opening our eyes up to this timeless truth. This somebody has to come and say, This is why I come online every day to follow what you write. Whenever I come online, I go straight to your page to see what you, God has used you to say. They're telling you don't follow anybody, but they have followers. Yeah, they, they took this from me. They took that from me. Because like I, like I said to you, it's not about what Absalom has done. It's about what they, Absalom has made you, has suggested to you that the king may not have done. So I think, yeah, what have they even done, sir? What, what is it? What is it? And then key people... Start to follow Absalom, counselors, yes, yes. supporters of the pastor, yes. pillars in the church. We're in verse eleven now, First Samuel 50, sec, second Samuel fifteen, eleven. And then he starts to validate the movement of Absalom. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Absalom went with Absalom, NLT. Give me NLT. He took two hundred men from Jerusalem with him as guests, but they knew nothing of his intentions that's how people can surround you first and it will give you validation next verse verse 12 while Absalom was offering the sacrifices this is the next character I want to introduce to you he sends for Ahithophel one of David's counselors confidante right hand man presbyteros Ah. Ah. soon because he had this one many others joined Absalom because Absalom got one key ally from the king's court ah if this one can turn against pastor ah, yeah, there's truth today this thing know so they look for one person whose shift can validate their agenda and then you will now go ah wait to. Oh, Pastor <laughs> Hitofell. Four people. Elder Hitofell. Dicken mm-hmm. as Mama Hitofell. Yes, oh, so. Pastor Hitof. Tie tie tight, tight with David. Close like this with David. First name basis. And break ranks with David. Oh, this, matter bad. this matter is bad this matter is bad this matter is really bad let's jump because maybe they are seeing something we are not seeing let's, 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 let's. ah he to you, you mean a is with Absalom no no let's let's look at this thing Let's look at this thing critically. It has assumed pertinent dimensions. Ah! No, 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 no. There's something we don't know. And the moment Ahithophel entered Absalom's camp, many others joined Absalom, and the conspiracy. The message 12. He managed to also, he managed to also involve Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's advisor, calling him away from his hometown of Gillow. The conspiracy grew powerful and Absalom's supporters. I wrote here, if you are crucial to the work of the church, you are on Absalom's wish list. If you are crucial to the work of the church, you are in Ahito in Absalom's wish list. You are in his card. Because Absalom will not go for anyone he thinks is not crucial. They need to validate their own sense of importance. And to do that, you must go for, for the big fish. Are you seeing what you are seeing in the scriptures? Are you sure you are seeing it in the scriptures? Amnon did wrong. (laughs) This story is now 47 years old. Go to verse 31. When someone told David that his advisor Ahithophel was now backing Absalom, David prayed. Oh Lord let Ahithophel give Absalom foolish advice you know who Ahithophel is the person in church using their privileged information and proximity to cause maximum damage because it takes an Ahithophel to say it's true one matter came one time that we give them advice one matter came one time that we gave them treatment one matter came one time that we gave them prescription one matter came one time that we had to intervene and deal with one matter came one matter came because Ahithophel is the pastor's advisor true that lady just one time something happened with her and I, I, I was privileged to hear and to know how we manage that issue Absalom cannot be verified in his conspiracy without the input of Ahitophel We need somebody that has access to the corridors of power and understands the inner workings and trappings and the entrails of how this kingdom operates. Because when this person is able to turn one such case and make it line up to our conspiracy, then we can truly hurt the kingdom from inside. Every Absalom needs an Ahitophel In privileged positions, having access to information based on what they handled in trust. the handling trust it came all the way to the New Testament and repeated itself in Judas Jesus asked him oh Judas will thou betray the son of man with the kiss because Judas walked in with soldiers to kill Jesus and went and smothered him with kisses you know why Judas did that because nobody watching would have believed that it was Judas's responsibility that God Jesus arrested. I mean no Judas Judas is always kissing Jesus. always smooshing Jesus. So when you see them arresting Jesus and you see Judas kissing him, you think Judas was just supporting him and saying, "Oh, no, I'm going to miss you, master." From the outside, you will not know that the kiss was the sign because Judas had told them, Him whom you see me kiss, him shall you arrest. It took a Judas that said, What will you give me to give you, Jesus? It took a Judas, he couldn't be a Pharisee. It couldn't be one of the five hundred. It couldn't even be one of the seventy. It had to be the person who handled money. Who knows when Jesus is broke? How much Jesus has not doesn't have money? Who knows how much Jesus spends on each ministry trip? That was Judas. Now he had inside information. Jesus, Judas, Jesus right now is in the garden of Gethsemane. He told us he's going there to pray. It is the disciples that knew. Had to be someone who had something on Jesus. Had to be an Ahitophel, counsel of the king, using information, privileged information, and proximity to cause maximum damage. Like Demas, remember Demas? I'll show you, and I'll be done soon. Colossians four fourteen. Colossians four fourteen. Look, this is Paul speaking beautifully. You know how he ends his letters. I told you the other time. I said, go and study the end of Paul's letters. Now I hear him saying, look, the beloved doctor sends his greetings as does Demas. Philemon 23 and 24. Philemon 23 and 24, Demas. Sweet guy, sweet guy, Demas. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. See 24. So do Mark. In other words, Mark is also greeting you. Aristarchus is also greeting you. Demas, Demas is greeting you. And look. Hmm? My co-workers, Demas. 2 Timothy 4.10. 2 Timothy 4.10. And please, look take see. Demas has deserted me. Because he loves the things of them of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Now, we don't know. He didn't mention, but he says Demas has forsaken me. Put the message back up. Demas, chasing farts. Went off to Thessalonica and left me here. TPT. Since Demas deserted me and has left to go to Thessalonica for he loves his own life. Amplified. Co-worker, fellow prisoner. Demas, having loved the pleasures of this present world, has deserted me. Why? You could hear the pain in Paul's heart. Because this is not a random church member. Co-worker at one point. Co-prisoner at another point. So before you say, God forbid, Absalom, make sure that around you, the voices of Ahithophel are not giving you counsel. Pray that you are also praying that the counsel of Ahithophel be turned to foolishness. Because if you think it is wisdom, it will destroy you. So you must be careful how fixated you are on yourself and material things there's more to life than a man there's more to life than a woman yes. there's more to life than money and position and fame and geographical location yes, there's more to life than going abroad yes, Some of us I've seen it all and walked away from it and you can yes, and you're going crazy yes. because you are abroad the thing with the hithophels and Demases and dutifulness is that they are they are all eventually discarded I, I, absalom never has a permanent relationship Absalom, never. Ahitophel's are always left heartbroken, used and abused. Demasis, when you finish, you're left with nothing. Ahithophel will not advocate for you. They just lied to you at the gate and said, oh, if only it was me. Because he was chasing what he was chasing. (laughs) It's you. Absalom will spend his money on you. for you. Absalom. No. Absalom only gives you a Trojan gift. It was never a proper fellowship. Second Samuel 17 14. Ay, 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 ay. I can see the end though. Of, of this part 3. Verse 14. Verse 14. <laughs> Verse 14. Look at what's happening now. Then Absalom and all the men of Israel said, Hushai's advice is better than Ahithophel's. Go back to the message. (laughs) Absalom and all his company agreed that the counsel of Hushai the archite was better than the counsel of Ahithophel. Why? God had determined to discredit the counsel of Ahithophel so to bring ruin on Absalom. Same Absalom sleeps and wakes up with all his men. Have better say, no, come on. Ahithophel is not even helping us so much. Who, whose advice is better. But initially, whose counsel were you working with? By whose counsel did you manage to reach the king? Because I, I skipped the d- details. David ran away from Jerusalem. Shimei was mocking and stoning him because of what the counsel Ahithophel gave in their case they succeeded in running david out of the city of david no not the palace is one thing the town is one thing david builds the city jebus was known as it was known before was built as the city of david and renamed jerusalem it was a desert town called jebus because it was inhabited by the jebusites Before they crossed over into Canaan. There was nothing there. Mm. Nothing there. David built it. It was the city of David. So running out of town is one thing. Running out of the palace. And running out of the city he built. And being mocked by the people he raised. Along the road. As he walked out. Shemai had the God's. To throw stones because of Ahithophel's counsel. Now Absalom had access to the city of David and he got up and said Hushai's advice now is better than Ahithophel's advice. So they stopped taking Ahithophel's counsel. Ahithophel vexed verse 23. when ahithophel realized that his advice had not been followed he saddled his donkey went to his hometown set his affairs in order and hung himself see nobody who engages in conspiracy ends well it is not of god did wrong. Let <laughs> me be reminding you as we're going. <laughs> 47 years ago. One generation and seven years ago. is <sighs> mm. guilty. But you, in this generation, should have forgi- forgiven immediately. Yes, no justification for this nonsense. Yes, Your pain is not enough justification. Yes, he endured the cross, despised the shame, for you. Yes, Ahithophel went, to put his house When he realized that he had been used and discarded, his story ended selfish ambition is destructive especially when a personal vendetta is in play to avenge a perceived hurt I wrote here the council of Ahithophel must be frustrated if Absalom will be stripped of relevance and influence in the church we must shut up Ahithophel we must shut up and frustrate Ahithophel's council It's Ahithophel that's giving them information. But for Ahithophel's insider information, Absalom would have had no clout in his conspiracy. So you leave Absalom frustrate frustrate Ahithophel's counsel. The Ahithophel will understand that they were not as relevant as they thought they were. just an opportunistic relationship. Because you too, like Joab, you don't cooperate. They will burn your house. So I wrote here, while you're watching out for Absalom, look out for Hithophel. Both around you and in yourself. See, let me tell you one of the stupidest things that leads to rebellion. Me, I don't know, but what I know is that. I don't know, but the much I know is that. I think we should leave God to judge. But you see, what I know, what I heard is that. But you don't know. While watching out for Absalom, watch out for I wrote here, be content, be content with where the Lord has placed you in the church. Be content with where the Lord has placed you in the church. Be content with where the Lord has placed you in the church. Be content with where the Lord has placed you in the church. Be content with where the Lord has placed you in the church. You can be a Timothy instead of a Demas Philippians 2, 19 to 22, as I close. Philippians two nineteen to 22. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up, Paul says, by telling me how you are getting along. See how Paul starts to speak of Timothy. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others, all the others, I mean Demas just left. All the others only care for themselves. Alexander the Copper Smith, Amman and the other Alexander. You know, a lot. Paul had a lot of pastoral pains. John Marko had done that thing in Pamphylia. The trippers. A lot of pastoral pains. He says all the others care only for themselves and not for what matters. To Jesus Christ. But it says in verse 22. Says, but you know how Timothy has proved himself. Not that you know how Timothy is anointed. Not that you know how Timothy can teach. Not that you know how when Timothy talks you hear path, Not that you know how Timothy is anointed. And he hears the sick and raised. Timothy has proved himself. Timothy was the result of discipleship. He says, like a son with his father, he has served with me in preaching the good news. May you be a Timothy and not a Demas. Amen. Second Timothy 2.2. 2 Timothy 2.2. You have heard me teach things, Paul is telling Timothy, that I've been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. You're getting this. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. David had to run. That's how I started, remember? Yes. Yes, sir. He had allowed Absalom to remain in the church too long and get too powerful. David patronized Absalom. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Until he ran him out of his own city. These things were written for us as examples. A city he built. From nothing. Not a city he inherited. Not a parish that he was posted to. Not a branch he was transferred to. A city he built. Cast out the troublemaker. They will be quiet. Proverbs 22, remember? He allowed Absalom remain in the church and get too powerful. He had loved him too much for the good of the kingdom. David had loved Absalom too much. And instead of bringing him to contrition, it enabled him to drive his ambition. Which was never in alignment with the king's ambition. But it rode on the wings of the king's love. It rode on the wings. Isn't it interesting how Absalom used David's love to destroy him? Isn't that instructive? Constantly sucked him in. It is patronizations sabotaged him from within David was not discerning enough pastor was not decisive enough the previous times when pastor said go and he relented because David was being shepherd when he should have been king David was being brethren when he should have been ruler Over other people. And so you look at him and for a moment you forget that God placed him in charge. And we are having to do a lot of repentances in different capacities. Including that of being shepherd and thinking you can love some people out of what you should cast them out of. Thinking you can love people out of what you should have casted them out of. Because ultimately, Absalom had no part in the king's agenda. Hear me, I'm going to try and stop now. Amnon had no part in the king's agenda. Tamar had no part in the king's agenda. He took the Beersheba-Solomon connection. All the drama with Absalom. All the drama with Adonijah. All the drama with Amnon. All the drama with Tamar was not relevant to the kingdom agenda of the seed of David. Never, apostle, never. (laughs) All the drama when it was said and done the seed of David was not to be counted in any of them. So really, after the drama, nothing spoiled. It was all distraction while Solomon was protected. You did all that you did and nobody's minding the bastard boy. And Jesus is coming through the bastard boy. Yes, 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 the one that nobody's talking about. Yes, Why the legitimate children, the ones that feel like they're legitimate, are fighting. Yes. Yes, yes. God already named his heir yes, sir. and it was not in the drama. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's Absalom's plan to increase his influence. To sabotage and to take over. Now David, David, this is crucial because David continues his sentiments and soft spots for, for Absalom. Until Absalom met his end. And it wasn't David that took him out. Second Samuel 18 now was one and I'm done. Amnon was wrong. David was wrong. But Absalom got Amnon. Absalom got David. But Absalom lost himself. Absalom took out everybody he intended to take out. Including himself. Ahithophel. Hushai. David. Amnon. Everybody. Joab's farm. Joab. And ultimately. Consumed himself. That's how envy ends. Second Samuel eighteen and one. Well, that's coming up. I wrote here: kill the Absalom nature in your heart before it kills you and causes you to lose your place in the kingdom. Kill the Absalom nature in your heart before it kills you and causes you to lose your place in the church and in the kingdom. Kill the Absalom nature in your heart. Before it kills you and causes you to lose your place in the church and in the kingdom. Absalom can take years to grow and strategize before it manifests. All along it to pretend to be part of you. You must guard against falling for it. And you must guard against becoming it. You must guard against falling for Absalom. And you must guard against becoming Absalom. So it applies to all of us both ways. Second Samuel 18, I'm done. I'll pick up with the trick, part four, the trick called discipleship. That is what Absalom cannot budget for encountering a disciple. You notice the story: who fell? Servants. Ahithophel was the only person of importance. One. 200, who were they? People that followed him, who were they? People who had issues that Absalom diverted and deceived them that he can sort out. Nobody else of repute fell for Absalom. It's charlatans that fall for Absalom. Is super, hyper charlatans that become absolute. Stuck on Samuel 18 and 1. I'm trying to get out of here. The trick called discipleship. That's the church's answer to rebellion. (laughs) David now mustered the men who were with him and appointed generals and captains to lead them. He sent troops out there in three groups, placing one under Joab, one under Joab's brother Abishai, son of Zeruah, and one under Itai, the man from Gath. The king told his troops, I'm going out with you. But his men objected strongly. You must not go, they urged. If we have to turn and run, ah, look at this, the trick called discipleship. And even if half of us die, if half of us die, it will make no difference to Absalom's troops. They will be looking only for you. It doesn't matter how many Israelite soldiers die. Absalom's guys are not interested in the sheep. They are interested in the shepherd. It's the Bible. They will be looking only for you. Why? You are worth 10,000 of us. At one time, they called David the light of Israel. You're worth 10,000 of us. And it's better that you stay here in the town. And send help if we need it. Keep going. If you think that's the best plan, I'll do it. The king answered. So he stood alongside the gate of the town as all the troops marched out in groups of hundreds and of thousands. And the king gave this command to Joab, Abishai, and Itai. For my sake... gently with young Absalom for my sake please bear with Absalom for my sake please give Absalom another another chance for my for my sake don't don't crush their spirit such that they don't enjoy service for my sake just just take it easy with Absalom Don't, don't, don't crush him and all the troops heard the king give this order to his commanders. All the troops heard. Keep going. So the battle began in the forest of Ephraim. And the Israelite troops were beaten back by David's men. Now, Israelite troops, Israelite troops, is Absalom's army. The kingdom's army. It's Absalom's army. David's men, now it's David's men. But David's men were now Absalom's army. This was the same army by which David destroyed nation after nation and brought them under subjection. Now following Absalom, because Absalom got a hit of so that troops were beaten back by David's men. There was a great slaughter that day, and twenty thousand men laid down their lives. Beat. Of the conspiracy called Absalom, who had a single vendetta that did not have the interest of Israel at heart. Because of a grudge that did not have the interest of the nation at heart. See why we must teach this thing? Amnon was wrong. Look at the collateral damage. Because one person did not let go. Of a grudge. 20,000 men lay down their lives next verse. The battle raged across all the countryside, and more men died because of the forest, difficult terrain, than were killed by the sword. More collateral damage. Keep going. During the battle, Absalom happened to come upon some of David's men. He tried to escape on his donkey, his mule, but as he rode beneath the thick branches of a great tree, His hair. His glory. His influence. His beauty. His advantage. God caught in the tree. Ultimately, his ego crucified him. God caught in the tree. He could not crucify his flesh. His flesh crucified him. Hung, hung him on the tree, as it is written. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You either hang your flesh, because we we saw in Galatians five have crucified the old man along with his desires, because some. must die on the tree. His hair got cut in the tree. His mule kept going and left him dangling in the air. His last support system left him. One of David's men saw what had happened and told Joab, I saw Absalom dangling from a great tree. What? Joab demanded. You saw him there and didn't kill him. I would have rewarded you with 10 pieces of silver and a hero's belt. Joab. (laughs) He's remembering his (laughs) farm. I will not kill the king's son for even a thousand pieces of silver. The man replied Joab. We all heard the king say to you. Sidi Wahala. We all heard the king say to you and Abishai and itai for my sake. Please spare young Absalom. And if I betrayed the king by killing his son. And the king would certainly find out who did it. You yourself would be the first to uh, abandon me. You have sense by force. You have sense. Next verse. This nonsense, Joab said. Then he took three daggers and plunged them into Absalom's heart as he dangled still alive in the great tree. Fifteen. Ten of Joab's young armor bearers, they surrounded Absalom and killed him. See, you don't kill Absalom gently. Dangling duck by the hair on the tree donkey is gone. Is still no greed dying. Three daggers in the heart. He did, until ten soldiers fell upon somebody with three daggers in his heart and his hair in the tree. Hey! Absalom will not go without a fight. Whether without or whether within. Absalom will not go without a fight. But the end of it is Absalom must die. Absalom must be crucified must be hung must must because most times they never ever plan for a life beyond when they are relevant Absalom never thinks of a day where they will not ever have influence Absalom always thinks he will always wake up And have church members around him. Absalom always believes that if three people left, 30 more will join me. Absalom doesn't believe he will lose who is with him. He believes other people will leave David and come. You three that have come, you four that have come, you six that have come, are proof that my ministry is working. So Absalom never plans for a day where he will never be relevant. And the destruction of a man whose ego consumes him lies just outside the plan he budgeted for. Because no matter how smart you are, there is a part of it you didn't budget for. That's where the tree is. That's where the tree always is in the uncharted territory of your conspiracy. See, you are a good manipulator, not be all you plan. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. It's kudos, as they say. Some people say kudos, you know. K U D O S, kudos, 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 kudos. kudos you well played, well played well played you have done great you have done fantastic excellent score points but there is a part of it you didn't see and your destruction and our deliverance is in that area that you didn't plan where we stand now as a church, we stand in the threshold of what Absalom could not see We stand in the threshold of what Absalom did not calculate. We stand in the threshold of what they did not budget for. That area. So sometimes you must allow Absalom play till his last card. We don't shout game over too early. Absalom, ah, hey, he's still alive. Three daggers, he's still alive. So we don't shout. Last card, check out, too early. Absalom is stubborn. Absalom is very stubborn. They will keep kicking until the last breath is gone. Or until the repentance of God hits them. Which anywhere in the world must be tested and proven. Oh, that Absalom might live and not die. But that will happen outside the camp. We ain't going to keep no Absalom in here. So, this is a riot act we're reading out. You'll understand that the New Testament church is not a powerless church. We are the repository of power. We take, our stand. Uh, we, take our stand. we take our stand. We take our stand. We take our stand. Absalom, Ahithophel, Demas, not found in us. You better open your mouth and pray that prayer for a few moments this word will be tested oh (laughs) this word will be tested oh this word if you are not praying this word will be tested you see this word will be tested Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father.
0: Thank you, Father. Well, that's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasiliacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at or find us on social media with the handles at the truth simply or at wire the church. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on 234 70 Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.